0: the internet and welcome to this episode of don't need nothing but a good zeit yeah that's courtesy of (laughs) johnny davis short show title king uh i am jack and i'm thrilled to be joined by a special guest co-host today becca ramos Hello, hello super producer uh what's happening
1: I'm good. I'm good. Excited to talk about these trends today. <laughs> Second day of Black History Month.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Or I
1: guess the first day. Sorry. We recorded an episode yesterday where we were talking about it being Black History Month today. So, happy yeah, Black yeah. History Month today.
0: Happy and happy Black Lunar New Year. Yeah. And uh happy Groundhog's Day tomorrow. <laughs> um apparently Punxsutawney Phil or one of the one of the groundhogs died like the day before Groundhog's Day. Um so Big news in the uh, world of meaningless holidays that are designed to <laughs> like get us through our work week without killing ourselves. So Wordle is trending, has been trending uh, because people love playing it, but the New York Times loves buying it. I don't know why I just went like <laughs> bad uh, newscaster on that one. But yeah, the New York Times bought Wordle. Says the game will initially remain free for existing players.
1: Yeah, it feels very... Like, I'm not shocked. This makes sense to me that this happened, but I felt like, wow, it happened so quickly. Their acquisition team moved so fast. I feel like I've only been hearing about Wordle like the past couple weeks, and New York Times is already like, gotta have that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but... <laughs> It's evil. The New York Times already, their paywall system is so crazy. So it kind of sucks, I feel like, for people who really enjoy just like this game to get them through their week, now have to potentially start paying for it, among all the other weird subscription stuff. So, you know, capitalism at its finest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, And also supposed to be our most reputable journalistic institution, but... They got the capitalism bug good. (laughs) Um, Tom Brady retired officially. And I just want to read the last sentence of his retirement statement, because this feels to me like somebody who is going to be retired for approximately six to seven months. Uh, He said, my teammates, coaches, fellow competitors and fans deserve 100% of me. But right now, but right now, it's best I leave the field of play to the next generation of dedicated and committed athletes. Um, but right now, that that one stuck out to me. Um, so
1: I know so little about professional football, but yeah, how long has Tom Brady been playing? A long time, right? I mean, I feel like I've known about Tom Brady my whole life,
0: right? Uh, f- he is forty-four, um, so that's like
1: retirement age, right? For oh, a football yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, like past.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Way, way past retirement age. And he's still very good. He had a very good season this year. Um, like not even like, uh, like good for a 44 year old. He had like like a good season for Tom Brady. Yeah. So that's also a thing is I feel like it's a nice, uh, it's a nice story. Like people get overtaken by the narrative. Like Michael Jordan did this where, you know, he went out on top after six titles and everyone was like, God, like, that's what's so perfect about Jordan's career is he just like ended it at just the right time. Yeah. Um But when the last memory you have is you still being very good at the job and then you're back in reality, not having that sort of um, thing that they're addicted to as like world conquering athletes. I can't yeah, imagine what it is. Yeah, that high that you get from yeah. being a winner. I feel, I feel like that, that fucks with you. That ends up being a hard thing to turn away from. So Jordan came back and did the Wizards. A lot of people thought last year when he left the Patriots and went to uh, Tampa Bay, uh, they were like, oh, this is going to be like the Wizards thing with Jordan because he had a bad season or like not, yeah. not his best season towards the end of the Patriots run and seemed like he was on the decline. But then, yeah, had a great season this year. So it's very confusing. He might be a robot. <laughs> Uh, somebody told me he has cheek implants, which has just fucked with me ever since I heard that. Um, I
1: feel like that's a bad idea as a football player. I know, right? Like you, you get, like you get impounded yeah. all the time. Like
0: if if he got hit and like just he had like one one it of his burst? cheeks was like on the side ah! of his like neck or something, that would be very strange. People would be Ugh. freaked out. Um, but anyways, uh, nice quote retirement to Tom Brady uh, and his family. <laughs> Um and then we haven't talked about it but the Super Bowl uh we know who's playing in the Super Bowl the, the big game the big game yeah sorry oh man our legal <laughs> team is going to be so pissed at me there's a new fella uh everybody's talking about i think it's his second year in uh, professional football Joe Burrow uh so last year the Cincinnati Bengals won four games mostly when he was uh, a rookie and their quarterback and then he got hurt and they lost most of the rest of the games. Uh, he came back this year and now they're in the Super Bowl. It's pretty, it's a pretty impressive, like, you know, start to his career. He seems like a dork to me, but like everybody it's, it's like <laughs> kind of cute because like everybody like wants to be like, oh he's so cool. And like they, they called him Joe Burrow because like he, he's so ice cold, uh, so this is
1: not the same person that i saw go viral that was like the lsu tiger player who's it is him oh it is okay yeah i i got like one tiktok about it because i clearly am not on straight tiktok or football tiktok um right but it was like cancel valentine's day and it was like this like promo of him like smoking a cigar in his like lsu tigers jersey and then it like changes into his bangles ter- jersey and i was like wow this is i am not the demographic for this tiktok but people are very excited about
0: this yeah i also like have this thing that i've said a couple times and i don't think many people agree with it so it might be a bad take but he strikes me as the pete davidson of like hot quarterback dudes because he's like real pale and like kind of like he's got like those like you know pete davidson-ish eyes a yeah. little bit and I don't know. I like could agree with
1: you. You know, like I care so little about, uh, the Oh <laughs> You're that, like, I you know
0: mean, I, I don't, mean? don't but Absolutely. I could. <laughs> yes. I'm
1: like, he is Pete Davidson to but me. I just for think, sure. it,
0: is this the new generation of hot guys is like, they all kind of look a little bit like gobliny. You, you know? want someone like,
1: approachable. I think yeah. that's why women love Pete Davidson. Cause he seems like if I were at a bar, I could hit on him and he would be like, down <laughs> be like, and oh, I'd be like, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Versus <laughs> like, you know, right. you can't go hit on Chris Evans, you know? Yeah.
0: Hemsworth. Yeah.
1: Or Hemsworth. All, all the yeah. Chrises, I feel like. Look, I've for tried them all,
0: and you're right. It doesn't end well. Um, <laughs> they just tell me to leave them alone. There's not really a huge update in the Joe Rogan thing. It's just like people are continuing like some more artists have asked to have their music taken off Spotify wired hit people with a Apple news update about like, yeah, you can change your Spotify playlists over to Apple playlists. uh, If you want, if you want to make that switch, which was news to me. So I'm going to read that article, but yeah,
1: I'm definitely going to look into it because I do you feel like Spotify has a chokehold on me personally? Like, I'm like, I got that bundle with Hulu. It's like $10 a month for Spotify, Hulu, all the black and green
0: things. Yeah. Yeah,
1: All the black and green tech apps, they're bundled together. And I do love Spotify, but I feel like every day I find something new out about how evil they are. So, Mm. you know, who knows? Um, I guess this is what, I I feel like Joe Rogan was the first, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that like podcaster that got put behind a paywall like that in the sense of like a studio bought out a podcaster because they were so successful and I feel like they're just reaping the political, or not political, but the um, popular culture takes down ramifications of, you know, supporting someone they've put in, you know, millions of dollars into, you know, it's like. Right. That's what they get for being like, hey, we either have to, you know, choose to cut this loose or we just continue swimming in the hole that we already sunk 10 million plus dollars into or however much it has been.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I do feel like like I, I love the artists doing what they're doing. I do feel like just in terms of practical outcome, this is good. Good for Joe Rogan's listenership, probably, um, because it's you know the sorts of people that he appeals to are just like seeing this and being like, they want to silence him, bro. And then also, if if he does get booted off Spotify, like that would just grow his listeners even more. Because absolutely. So that's it's a it's Ugh. a tough one. I don't it's know the good. yeah the, the that sort of stuff is always. It's always tough because I don't I don't know how much it, it helps, but I do like the artist's ability to just be like, yeah, fuck out of here. Um, this guy's a monster. Euphoria is trending, stays trending. Um stays
1: trending every day of the week. Uh, yeah. episode four came out on Sunday. I know we're, I guess, a little late on a Wednesday to be talking about episode four, but the New York Times just released like a think piece on the music behind episode four. Um, the title of the article is Why the Euphoria Teens Listen to Sinead O'Connor, Tupac, and Selena. Um, it was an interesting read. I would just say that, like, I do feel like episode four felt like a glorified music video. It was gorgeous. The songs were great. Do I feel like the storyline made a ton of sense this episode? No. You know, yeah. I think it's very clear that the writers' room is Sam Levinson. I think that's been a critique of every episode this season so far. So, you know, we'll see where it goes.
0: Is there a conclusion that it has that '90s soundtrack because Sam Levinson is that's when he was a teenager? Or... No,
1: I think the article was more highlighting the like maximalism that the show is about and how because it's not just it's it's funny because the article does frame it like it's you know '80s '90s music, but the show bounces back between so many different genres and decades of music. And it's like some of the scenes are meant to make you feel like you are watching something that has already happened. I think that was like very clear with the way this episode was shot and the fact Mm. that Zendaya Rue was not narrating. She normally narrates every episode. So I think it's supposed to be like a glimpse into something that's already happened. But then there's scenes that are like very present day that they're playing more today's music. But it's just like it's all over the place this season and this episode specifically. It was just a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. I um I don't I've watched two the first two episodes and then I was just like I didn't feel good about watching it, like continuing to watch it. Doesn't it doesn't make uh, you feel good. I think no, that's like the whole point yeah.
1: of the show. I saw something that someone said like Euphoria is a show for adults about teens, whereas something like Degrassi was a show for teens about teens. And then a show, um, there was like another show that they said that was like a show that's um, for teens about adults. I don't remember what the third show was, but I think that's true. Like, I I don't believe Euphoria is a teens show. I think it's very graphic it's very maximalist it's very exaggerated about all these you know scenarios i think for some people it's a very real portrayal of certain scenarios it wasn't my high school experience i was right. a nerd i do think there are nerd kids living in a different universe than these popular kids but right
0: you know? yeah if you if the you were saying before we recorded that like the theater kids at that high school like don't know any of these people or like are not at any of these parties like
1: no Like it's like I was like a in the band kid click and there were, you know, of course kids that did drugs and things like that. But like I would have never spoken to a cheerleader in my life like eh, like Maddie and all them. They're beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're like, you know, the like you were saying before we started recording, like the complicated jock, like never. We would have never crossed paths. We wouldn't even been in the same classes because I was too busy studying for my AP exams like that. Right. Different worlds like. My mom would not let me out of the house past 8 p.m. Like, I'm not living in the same universe as these children.
0: Yeah. Why don't you just get your friend to piss in a cup for you so your mom knows you're not doing drugs? (laughs) That
1: you're clean. Um,
0: Yeah, it it does feel like it... If I was in high school when I saw this, I probably would have, like drank and did more drugs than i already did which was too much and then yeah it's it's also like if somebody's sober like it's not the best thing uh in the world i feel like you know i mean everybody can make their own decisions and shit but like um i don't know yeah i could just imagine like being in high school and like that being somewhat aspirational uh and also the thing with like and again this is my review of the show uh having watched only two episodes (laughs) is like the yeah like the jock quarterback guy who's like abusive to everybody and is like a real dick and like just a font of uh and like a super spreader of toxic masculinity it's like, yeah, but he's really complicated. And like, that's why, like, you shouldn't judge that person so quickly. And it's like, I feel like we give that guy the benefit of the doubt plenty in our culture. I yeah, don't know. I think
1: as a young white boy, that he gets plenty of benefit of the doubt that right. he doesn't need anymore. Uh, right. I think the biggest flag I've had of the show watching both season one and season two is it's very clear the writings room is a white man, um, is Sam Livingston. Like, I think it's just the, there are no POC characters besides Rue and Maddie, you know, and it doesn't even really, I think, portray what it's like to be in a home of color. (laughs) Like, I think Maddie feeds into a lot of stereotypes that I don't super appreciate. Like, she's like the crazy Latina girlfriend who, like, will do everything and say anything to get her way. And, you know, Mm. Rue, like, I think if you have a black mom, I think most people would say that, she would not be the way she is, like, written as. So it's just a very interesting take, I think, on kids of color. They're just, like, especially if this is supposed to be based in California, there's no Asian students. Like, there's right. no other, you know, that to me is confusing. So I think it does affect the way the characters are written. And his other work has shown that, too. He makes beautiful work. I think the show is visually so stunning. Everybody is very talented at what they do. But... I do think like it could stand to use a few more, you know, writers of color in the room.
0: All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And I mean, the number one trending thing is Harry Styles because it's his birthday. Uh, so, Happy
1: birthday, Aquarius King, Harry Styles. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, but, you know, uh, well-deserved. Uh, if one person's <laughs> going to have their uh, birthday be the number one trending thing, fine. Uh, winter storms coming to Texas, uh, which has not been great news uh, in the past couple of years.
1: Yeah, so huge storm is coming across the country, but it definitely is supposed to hit the South pretty hard, um, specifically like areas like Dallas. Um, I'm very curious to see if Ted Cruz will run away to Cancun again. That's actually how I figured out the storm was coming because Cancun was trending, and it was people talking about <laughs> Ted Cruz fleeing to Cancun for this yeah. winter storm. So I guess like for anybody in the South, Texas listeners, like... Make sure that you have some salt in your driveway. Just like try to get up on some winter gear if you can. Just be very careful because the infrastructure has not changed since I think last year's winter storm. So, you know, like stay safe. Don't drive if you can prevent it. Get as much provisions as you can. You know, make sure your pipes aren't frozen. All the things. It's yeah, super scary out there
0: yeah shout out to deregulation the yeah. best and then Ben Simmons is trending as as usual but uh there's actually a couple details on this that jumped out to me um the so <laughs> I did I didn't he like the the reason he's trending the the trade deadline's coming up he has still not played a game for the 76ers his team because he's mad at the coach and the uh, their best player for like kind of blaming him at the end of the playoffs. Uh, last year which was his fault one thing that was interesting is like he ignored texts from the head coach that came in over the summer but then was like I, but he didn't like really try it's like well you're not answering his texts bro like it, it seems like if he wants to be traded the best thing for him to do would be to either play or like not uh be loud uh about stuff because then like anything where it seems like he's I don't know Uh, The the any anything that devalues his trade value is not good for him either. Um, but then also there's this detail that like blew me away that he still has to like show up to shoot arounds and film sessions. So like I assumed he was just like in California or something and like just being like fuck this team. He still shows up to shoot arounds and film sessions with his team, and he's required to pay attention and stuff, and he just like stays. Long enough to like collect his paycheck or avoid the fine, and that's it, which is wild because, yeah, yeah, it's just it must be a very like it's new levels of like awkward awkwardness around him as a player. He, whether he like comes back and plays for the Sixers or uh, you know, this real situation where he's like having to um see his teammates uh every day and they're like, hey man, <laughs> how's it going? Mm. Everything. Good, other than this whole thing This thing that we're in yeah um anyways i i will uh judge from your silence that this is boring to anybody who's not paying attention to the nba right now it
1: is not boring i just know so little that i cannot have a formed opinion on it i'm learning so much from you jack right now i just okay. like i truly yeah. i learn everything i do about sports from the daily zeitgeist <laughs> that is not um, a lie that is actually very factual everything i know about sports comes from you and miles
0: yeah like from a broad perspective i think what's noteworthy is just like this is a all-star player who's out with like hurt feelings basically yeah like he's like mad at his teammate and his coach and like, understandably, I've said like before, they did not handle it well, but it just like has dragged on to the point that it's like now a bad look for him. And yeah. I don't know. It's it like who's a serving. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, those are some of the things that are trending on this Tuesday, February 1st. We are back tomorrow with a whole ass episode of the show. Until then, be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves. Mm. Get the vaccine. Wear a mask. Don't do nothing about white supremacy. And we will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye. Bye.